Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for December 30th is Revelation chapters 12 through 18. The woman, the child, and the dragon. The woman represents Israel. The child represents the son born to Israel, who is the fulfillment of the promise, ultimately all the way back to Abraham. The Son of God, who is the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Savior of the world. The dragon is Satan, the enemy of our souls, who manifests himself and uses many people along the way. He partners with kings like Herod, trying to kill the Christ child, but is unsuccessful. He kills lots of other children, and the woman, Israel, is forced to flee into the wilderness for 1260 days, once again, three and a half years, or 42 months. If the creation week represents the 7,000-year plan for the history of the world from the time that Jesus is born to the very end is roughly three and a half days. He came in the middle of the week. It is best to let the Bible interpret the Bible, and there are many keys throughout this reading today that will give us insights into the hidden meanings that have confused people for 2,000 years now. It's also important that we not get mixed up or too focused on the chronology of these events. A lot of times these are different word pictures coming from different angles of portraying the same events. When the dragon is thrown out of heaven, in verse 12 of chapter 12, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you with great fury, because he knows his time is short. And that is the overarching lesson for us as we read. Satan is raging against those who choose to believe the truth and who are pressing into it, those who are enjoying the narrow path tribulation and enduring that process so they can be transformed into the best version of themselves. When the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. We definitely still see evidence today of Satan persecuting Israel but he also persecutes the children of God who are Gentiles and everyone who hates the lies of this world but loves the truth. Here it is again. She, this woman, was nourished for a time, times, and half a time. So three and a half periods of time, whether it be days, years, or millennia. So the dragon was furious with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, that is us, those who keep the commands of God and hold firmly to the testimony about Jesus. The dragon stood on the sand and the sea. Remember, prophetically, the land represents the people of God. The sea represents nations and peoples and tribes that are not part of the kingdom of God. And the dragon stands with a foot on each. I saw a beast coming out of the sea, Revelation 13:1. It had ten horns and seven heads, just like in Daniel 7, 7, 
that was written thousands of years, even before Revelation. We see this recurring picture of this beast with seven heads and ten horns. Remember, seven is the number of completion, and ten is a number of government. In a sense, represents the complete government of the world united together against the truth. And it feels like we are experiencing that in many ways today. 13.5, the beast was given a mouth to utter boasts and blasphemies. It was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Here we are again, three and a half years. All those who live on the earth will worship it, the beast. Everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. So unbelievers will worship the beast and the beast's system, whether they realize it or not. Think about the things that people worship today, especially those who are not believers. Some worship their family. Some worship a false religion. Others worship the education system. Some focus on news media and the news cycle. Some focus on entertainment and Hollywood stars and music artists. Some make their God business and being successful as an entrepreneur or as an executive up to the CEO level of a Fortune 100 company. And of course, there's still also government. Many people worship the government and they're all in on politics. Ultimately, the beast controls how the world views these seven different mountains. And it is the job of the people of God working by the power of the Holy Spirit to come against that and to recapture these areas for holy purposes. Later in chapter 13, we see more about the mark of the beast. It makes everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. That forehead literally means the spot between the eyes. The right hand represents what people do, what they stand for. And so the mark of the beast is not a microchip necessarily. It's not even a vaccine, despite what some people have been saying. But it certainly is the things we do, the things we look at, the things we look to, and the lens through which we view the world. Notice that this beast was coming up out of the earth, and the earth in prophetic imagery, refers to the people of God much of the time. And so this beast is coming from believers. It's performing great signs and wonders, even causing fire to come down from heaven. This calls for wisdom. The number of the beast is the number of man. It's not a specific man. It's anthropos. It's mankind. The number of man is six like God, but not complete as God is, made in the image of God, but corruptible. And when a number is repeated three times, it is firmly established. It is heavily emphasized. The beast is mankind apart from the completion that comes in the holiness of God. Chapter 14 talks about the 144,000 that we 
covered in Revelation 7. These are the holy ones, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. They had his name, the name of the Lamb, and his Father's name written on their foreheads. This does not mean that Christians have a tattoo of God the Father or of Jesus Christ or both on their foreheads in a literal sense. It means that they have the mind of Christ, that they are thinking the way God thinks. They're viewing the world from a biblical worldview, not the way the world wants us to. And so we reject the things of the world, like the theory of evolution. Like the idea that we have to succumb to the rules of a dog-eat-dog world. No, we love God. We love people. We view things the way God does, and we trust him to work out the details. Chapter 16 begins talking about the bowls of God's wrath. The first one causes physical pain, and it's on unbelievers. Painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped its image. You don't have to worry about the government or some other evil institution forcing you to get a mark that you don't want. It's symbolic. It is imagery. And it refers to the things people do and the way they think. The second bowl leads to the death of every living soul in the sea, which represents humanity, those who are unbelievers those who reject the truth. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, which feed the sea. They are tributaries. It's where the water comes from that eventually winds up in the sea. And so from a spiritual or symbolic point of view, it's where untruths come from that delude the masses or that give them the ability to turn off their consciences and wallow in the lies they choose to believe. And notice it's these waters, these tributaries, these springs that are guilty of pouring out the blood of the saints and the prophets in verse 6 of chapter 16. The fourth bowl is judgment against the sun. It's the great light, but it's a creation, and many people look to that sun, and they worship it for the life that it gives. It feels nice and warm when it touches our skin, but for those who exalt that to an unholy place, they will be judged, and what they once viewed as a giver of comfort and life will be the thing that judges them. The sixth bowl is poured out on the river Euphrates, and it will dry up. These unclean spirits look like frogs, and they are demonic spirits performing signs who travel to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. The kingdoms of this world, who want to hold all power for themselves, exalt themselves against the throne of God, and they will face judgment for it. Whether they realize it or not, they are controlled by demonic spirits, and their reigns will come to a screeching halt. The seventh bowl brings judgment to the air, and this is the finality. When a voice from heaven cries out, it is done. In chapter 17, there is judgment on the great prostitute, or the notorious woman who sells herself and joined herself to the kings 
of this world. Once again, we see this picture of seven heads and ten horns. And when you read about this woman, this prostitute, think about the idea of religion that is supposed to lead people to God and is supposed to be a light and set people free, but instead it is sold out, colludes with governments to get rich and to keep people oppressed. In verse 6, it says, The woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses or martyrs to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. It is astonishing that in the name of truth, religious leaders and organizations would partner with governments of the world that would actually turn against the testimony of Jesus Christ and even murder people for speaking the truth. It doesn't mean that they were drunk from alcohol, but it does mean that they were not thinking clearly and that they didn't have inhibition, allowing them to act in such a way that they wouldn't normally because of social pressures, because of knowing what is right. This prostitute will sell people out, murdering them, suppressing the truth, and will do it in such a way as to overcome any inhibition to not be thinking clearly. These kingdoms of the world we see in 17 verse 13, they have one purpose and they give their power and authority to the beast. These people sell their souls to the devil. They get into positions of authority and then they operate in the manner that the devil wants them to. They sell their souls. Verse 15 gives us some more clarity, confirming for us that the waters that John saw where the prostitute was seated, the waters refer to peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. And then, curiously, the ten horns, the ten government leaders or kingdoms, will hate the prostitute. And so they will use this shell of religion, and when they are done using her, they will then hate her and turn against her. This is exactly what Satan does to people who are compromised. Whether believers or not, Satan will tempt you. He'll make false promises to you. And when you sin, he will turn around and point at you and accuse you before God and other people. Chapter 18, Babylon the Great has fallen. Remember that Babylon is confusion. There is a haze of confusion over the world right now, and very few can see through it. And included in it is religion, supposed truths about family and relationships, gender, business, government, what is true and what's not. Everything is shrouded in confusion right now, and very few can see through it. But one thing is definitely true. God is calling for his people to come out of her. In Revelation 18, verse 4, so that you will not share in her sins or receive any of her plagues. But a stern warning to the people of God, if you don't come out of her, you will receive the plagues God sends on the world who resists and suppresses the truth. God bless you. May you have the wisdom and discernment 
to see what is true and the boldness, the courage, and the faith to obey the word of God. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. We will see you tomorrow.